G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Monday, we are intensely interested and it's even more important every week, it seems, uh, to check in on the uh, the agenda for the week ahead, the political agenda. Dan Flynn is Deputy Director of the Australian Christian Lobby, back with us once again. Hello Dan, welcome back to 2020. How are you Neil? Great to be with you. I'm really well, thank you, Dan. Hey, let's start with those stories that have been in the news over the weekend, uh, protesters on the streets, uh, wondering if there is an Australian Christian lobby perspective on this, Dan. The idea, can Christians be involved in those sorts of protests that we've seen on the streets? And there's, there's protests for all sorts of different issues, and maybe there's different horses for different courses. But what are your thoughts about the protests we've seen and whether Christians ought to be involved? It'd be hard to be adamant, uh, to be honest, Neil. I know that um, Mark Niles uh, is is basically saying, look, he's... He's not supportive of civil disobedience, um, uh, you know, at this point. And, uh, you know, he, he is uh, encouraging people to be law-abiding and not break the law. So I'd, I'd certainly just put that out there. Um, it's, uh, you know, the sustainability of the lockdown obviously is the big issue. And I think the Prime Minister and others are speaking into that at the moment by saying, look, this is, this is you know, not sustainable and we'd have to find a better way forward. Um, obviously, he's encouraging uh, vaccinations, and the question remains, you know, to what level vaccinations would provide a freedom of movement, etc. cetera. Um, but uh, to your point, um, I think Martin's been quite clear that, um, you know, we are, we are urged to obey the authorities unless uh, they are, you know, uh, instructing us to sin effectively. I wonder if you've got a thought here, Dan, because some of the protests that we've seen, and particularly the one in Victoria where uh, police officers were on the receiving end of uh, of uh, significant violence, uh, even hospitalised, uh, the idea of a peaceful protest and one that could potentially turn violent, is this where there's sort of a grey area here? And as a Christian, you want to be able to make a statement, but... Uh, you're not wanting to see uh, uh, a level of violence that might actually uh, hospitalise uh, police who are doing a wonderful job trying to protect the community. Any thoughts around the uh, peaceful versus uh, protests that could turn violent? Well, I think it's really about you know what is lawful, uh, to be honest. And if we're not meant to be out there assembling and protesting, uh, then we really need to find another way to express our voice. And... Uh, you know, for example, if the truth of it live was on and there was a lockdown, then the event wouldn't go ahead. So, um, you know, we we saw, for example, Neil, I think there was a church in, um, was it Western Sydney over the weekend, where there were 60 people gathered for a church service. They shouldn't have been gathering at all. The police arrested them, fined them, etc. Well, it all, you know, looks very anti-Christian, but the truth is that they were clearly disobeying the law. So um, th- these are really important matters. We understand that um, as a matter of conscience, people will disagree 
about a lot of things about, for example, whether they should or should not get a, a vaccine. Um, and these are all important matters uh, for conscience. But, you know, obeying the law uh, when it's not causing someone to sin um, is, is, you know, in our view, not, not really acceptable. We certainly haven't reached that point uh, in this story. There are some in the Christian community and uh, various ones who are wanting to push the boundaries uh, might be uh, empowered by stories that have come out of, say, the United States. Uh, there's a different scenario as to what's happening there and what's happening here. Uh, is there a time, as, as you say, as, uh, as Martin Isles is saying, this is not a time for civil disobedience? Uh, that is something of a reserve somewhere in the back of uh, thinking, though, isn't it? Because if things got to a point where the church was being in some ways oppressed, but it's not necessarily at that point yet. What are your thoughts here, uh, Dan? Look, I think we have uh, plenty of democratic tools at our disposal to um, you know, change relevant laws. For example, uh, there was a law only a month or so ago uh, where live stream uh, churches were not allowed to sing. Uh, and there was a great push on to Brad Hazard and the uh, New South Wales Premier that, you know, within half a day, uh, with, with a lot of emails and telephone calls, they reversed direction on that. So that's a small example of what's of something that can be done, you know, in the democratic framework. And that's certainly where we operate and encourage people to operate. Look, I appreciate how hard uh, the lockdown is and... You know, for example, Neil, as we're speaking, my wife's in the next room teaching a classroom of 24 people, you know, remotely. Um, and in every household, this is, this is being replicated. For some, it's more difficult. They've got children being educated and two parents trying to work. We, you know, understand how incredibly difficult this is. Uh, but we, we need to operate within the law in um, uh, seeking change. Good advice and uh, very timely to hear that sort of advice because these things are happening on our streets and no doubt listeners will be interested in uh, some direction that comes uh, with a Christian perspective and I know that the Australian Christian lobby has a very highly respected uh, position on these things. Let's move on and uh, attention to the state of Queensland because the Queensland Parliament is preparing to vote on euthanasia. Now this vote could come Uh, In the next couple of weeks, the report from the Queensland Parliament Health Committee on the Voluntary Assisted Dying Bill was released last Friday and confirms some flaws that we've been talking about on this update almost each week. Dan, what are your concerns for what's happening now in Queensland and how close things are getting to a vote? Look, I think uh, we'll see a vote very shortly in the next few weeks. Uh, We are obviously concerned about the content of the bill um, the idea that a health worker, a doctor, can initiate a discussion about uh, this uh, assisted suicide with vulnerable patients is really concerning. Uh, there is no proper protection for healthcare providers, and there's really no means to sort of check if these elderly and um, people are being coerced. Uh, it's significant that the Catholic hospitals in Queensland are, you know. Um, standing up quite strongly and saying that um, they won't allow uh, doctors who are not credentialed with them on their site uh, or nor will they provide these assisted uh, suicide facilities. So we're seeing a very strong statement from the Catholic facilities who I think you know provide one in five hospitals and aged care beds in Queensland and they 
want to oppose um, you know this this program on their facilities. And you know there's a there's a, a, a bit of a half protection uh, that these facilities can refer people to other facilities, provided it doesn't cause the patient unnecessarily suffering. So that's a that's a pretty flimsy protection for these hospitals. And if if someone doesn't want to be moved, uh, then this law would provide that um, uh, hospitals, sorry, doctors unconnected with the hospital uh, could come on to, uh, say, a Saint, a, um, you know, Saint Vincent's type Catholic hospital and actually um, administer this this drug. So there's a, a real uprising by the um, pro-lifers. Uh, and um, also by the institutions there, the Catholic institutions, and that's really important. Um, this Queensland only has one house. There's no house to review, so it's passed in the lower house of the past. I know Wendy Miles is closely engaged... Sorry, Wendy Francis, rather, is closely engaged with this and, um, uh, yeah, working hard with the MPs. So uh, some, some um, steep headwaters ahead, but we'll, we'll press on. Just quickly, if we can tackle something in a nutshell here, there's been dissenting reports that have come from various members and Christian-aligned members in the Queensland Parliament, and uh, they've identified major flaws with the bill. We know that Victoria already has this sort of legislation, so does WA. Uh, Queensland is in line now, and this is considered to be the worst of all of the legislation. Uh, What are the, the major flaws with the bill that's been identified from your end, Dan? Look, I think the idea that there are uh, people who can uh, approach a patient uh, who are authorised by the government to to, uh, basically encourage them into this pathway is really concerning. Um, Probably the greatest advice of a piece of legislation like this uh, and what makes it uh, very dangerous is this changes conversations that happen in families. Uh, So when... um, uh, people are talking to someone who's perhaps, you know, uh, in their late 80s and they're not well, uh, they may have dementia or approaching dementia, um, then, you know, these, this changes the family dynamic and there will be people who will be, you know, asking grandpa if he's considered all these options. And um, so this is, this is uh, very anti-life uh, and it's very anti-God uh, because, you know, how we treat people at their most vulnerable uh, is a true measure of our worth. And so um, the change in culture brought about by this bill, uh, the pressure on medical practitioners to participate, um, and also, most importantly, the, the pressure on people uh, to not be a burden on their relatives. And when people are older, that's often what they say, and in Europe, often why they access it, because they don't want to be a burden on the family. Well, it's expected to be debated in the Queensland Parliament in September, and so the sitting days in September in the Queensland Parliament, 1st and 2nd of September, that's just uh, less than two weeks away, and then they're sitting 14th to the 16th of September, so there could be a vote on this dramatic legislation in that time. There's an email campaign that the ACL has operating right now. You make it very easy for listeners to a conversation like this uh, to participate in your campaigns. Uh, So the ACL website, so uh, how does that campaign work? How easy is it for people to participate in this, Dan? Uh, It will be very easy, Neil. Uh, Just give us a few days to get it up. We're about to um, just prepare something that really speaks to the issues 
and is really targeted to the relevant MPs. So uh, we'll take a bit of time just to consider that messaging. We are considering doing a poll into the state about attitudes to euthanasia, which will help us you know, uh, more better refine that message. So, um, yeah, we're just asking for a bit of time to get that research right and then to be very targeted. Okay. Uh, look, just to get a thought or two here from you, Dan, and it's an issue that we ordinarily wouldn't say is a part of a political agenda, although there are some very significant indirect connections, and that is just all of the things that have been going on uh, with the fall of Afghanistan. And I wonder whether uh, you've had any sort of official positions or thoughts that are coming from the Australian Christian lobby around the developments that have been happening in Afghanistan. And of course, there are all sorts of connections to what's happening here in Australia as well with that. But uh, what are your overall thoughts on Afghanistan? Glad you asked, Neil. Neil, this is something that we are very concerned about as an organisation. And I know that Martin emailed each and every one of our supporters last week, uh, calling for prayer for Afghanistan. So we're very concerned about uh, the um, what's visible to people on the television, namely that the rapid withdrawal of the US troops has meant that the Taliban has been back in charge in Kabul and these other cities within about you know three or four days. And we are incredibly concerned for the plight of Christians, uh, the, the plight of women and children, and... Um, you know, um, and can they maintain uh, their hope? And obviously the you know, the images of people clambering aboard planes and pulling off planes, uh, that's worse than anything we ever saw uh, with the Vietnam uh, withdrawal in the 1970s. So this is a, a terrible situation. And um, one wonders just, you know, um, um, you know why it was done exactly like it was. Uh, it, it was extremely chaotic, um, but no doubt uh, the Taliban um, uh, have not changed their stripes, and we're very concerned the way they may, you know, impose their rule uh, on women and children in particular, uh, who we think are very vulnerable. Um, so prayer is our greatest weapon. Uh, we are urging people to pray. Uh, we are looking closely, Neil, at. Um, what uh, the Australian approach is going to be to um, you know, airlifting people out and settling uh, these refugees. And you know, there's a, a real sense in which Australia must um, pull its weight here. Uh, we are seeing uh, some great generosity from other countries, America, uh, England, um, Canada, I believe, and um, uh, we, will, we will have to do some heavy lifting here. Um, it's a humanitarian crisis uh, that... Um, you know, really does uh, drive us to our knees. So, um, yeah, this is very important to us and, um, you know, it's a matter about which we're hearing a lot about from our supporters uh, who are very concerned. Well, the Taliban controlling Afghanistan, strict Islamic law, there's all sorts of promises that it doesn't appear, even the secular media doesn't think uh, that they're telling the truth when they say that they can change their spots. Uh, but the idea of uh, empowering Islamists everywhere, now that the Taliban has control of Afghanistan, uh, the rise of all sorts of groups like Al-Qaeda is a big concern. And no doubt there'll be Islamists in Australia who are pushing for all sorts of reforms and uh, the idea that Islamic law might sit alongside even a Western 
democracy like Australia. That's the sort of thing that tends to be in a push. And so there's this empowerment of Islamists everywhere. Uh, No doubt ACL will be monitoring those things along in the times to come, Dan. My word, my word. Absolutely, Neil. Um, Yeah, great concern with... uh and our soldiers have fought very hard the last 20 years, and um, uh, we pray for them as well um, and what they must be thinking at this time. Okay, let's just a uh, quick update on the Truth of It live tour. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, Martin Isles in Western Australia and uh, a bit of a master stroke there of Martin uh, isolating in Tasmania for a short while and then uh, being able to go into WA because uh, anyone who tells you about uh, visiting Western Australia is not easy to do. Uh, but he's been uh, speaking to some sold-out audiences. Tonight he's speaking in Bunbury and that's also sold out. So for those who have not booked, you won't be able to go and see uh, Martin Isles speak tonight. Uh, but there is some... Uh, still opportunities for people to see Martin in, say, Geraldton on yes. uh, Wednesday night. So uh, overall, things been going, obviously, fabulously. It's just uh, appears to be just a huge success, Dan. Well, I think it's um, it's a real blessing that Martin was able to get into WA, which is the land of the free. So there's no mass, there's no lockdown. There, there aren't any space restrictions in WA. And so it's a wonderful time for Martin to be ministering there. So, yes, um, uh, really sell out crowds. Uh, Bunbury uh, tonight. There may be, may be a few tickets that become available today uh, as people, you know, sort of work through these lists. Uh, Geraldton, we are at the Queen's Park Theatre, which is the premier venue in the city, and there are certainly still seats available there. So uh, we look forward to Martin addressing the issues of the day and... Um, as he does very much sort of bring uh, you know, the, the Bible to the current issues, uh, many of which we are talking about today. Uh, he's conscious, of course, that, you know, COVID and vaccines, and these are things on people's hearts, and uh, I know he's keen to address them. Fabulous stuff. And then beyond WA, of course, uh, the tour moves to Tasmania. And so for listeners in Tasmania uh, wondering whether you can get a seat in Launceston, I think it's sold out, but there's still some seats in Hobart for the 4th of September. Uh, So big things ahead, uh, exciting times. And, uh, you know, it's exciting to know that there is an audience that will gather en masse when it is safe to do so, to be able to be a part of a movement that is growing around Australia, that is standing for Christian values. Uh, great getting your insights, as always, Dan Flynn. Dan Flynn is uh, Deputy Director of the Australian Christian Lobby. Uh, let me point people to the ACL website, acl.org.au, to participate in any of those email campaigns, to check on whether there's a seat available at the next Truth of It Live tour event, acl.org.au. Dan Flynn, thanks so much for the update today on 2020. That's my pleasure. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.